Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Another great day for It's The Real. You know, you never expect it. It always just sort of creeps up on you. <laughs> 12 days of podcasts, and at this point, we're almost done, right? Yeah, we are almost done, but you want to know what? It's been a lot of work by us. A lot of work by us, uh, a lot of great guests, a lot of great comments from our great listeners. Timeless memories. That's right. Spent with, you know, these people. That's and right. also... Our friend Matt Miggs. Matt Miggs, what up? What's going on? What's y'all? happening? Not too much. Thank Happy you for, to be here. Thank you for being here for this this insane project of ours. It's been great. It's been uh, very consistent. Happy to be here again. Have you been uh, surprised by anything? No, um, not really. Just uh, maybe the size of the room and I'm, how big it is. Like, in here. Yeah. yeah, it's cozy though. That's why I've been <laughs> in sweatpants every single time uh, that I'm here. Before we go any further, I would like to mention that everyone should go right now to itsthereal.com. Go get tickets for our headlining show at SOBs on February 23rd, 2017. It's called Your Girls Tour. Your Girls Tour. Not Your Girls Tour. Not mine. Not a world tour, but Your Girls Tour. Yes. We are going to be rapping. We're going to be bringing special guests. It's going to be a hell of a night. Get tickets right now before they go away. Itsthereal.com. I-T-S-T-H-E-R-E-A-L.com. February 23rd, 2017. Matt, what's new? Not too much. A uh, new member of South Harlem. I know. Yeah, uh, welcome. <laughs> yeah. Ha- I keep saying happy to be here because I'm just so ecstatic. <laughs> yeah. But, but, and you moved in, and uh, before you met any neighbors, what did you do? I asked to borrow the Wi-Fi because we... I wasn't going to have it set up right so, away. Oh, so you talked to the neighbors? Oh, and- no, no, no. I, I mean, I tried to, but they weren't home, so I, I left a note under the door, and I got uh, curved. No, nothing. No, not even a, a text or a note back <laughs> saying no. Well, I mean, like, what did you write in the note? Was it was it a threat? No, it was very sweet and kind, um, but I think they just needed a, to see a face, maybe. Should or have maybe, drawn a face. Maybe they don't have Wi-Fi. Who knows? You got, I you think- got dumped before you even... I know. It was... Ugh. I'm still going that, through it. Does that make you think twice about doing it again? No. Uh, <laughs> you're going to keep trying. Yeah, I'm yeah, just going to... You sort I, of I, to like, th- you know, attach a note to a brick that you throw through their window. Yeah. That's how you get the Wi-Fi. Yeah, that's what we're on now, and uh, I don't see our, see us ever uh, repairing this relationship, so... Or that window. Yeah. Welcome to the neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, who do we have on the podcast today? Today we have Johnny Shipes. Johnny Shipes, so people know him as the manager for Smoke Dizza and Joey Badass and... Uh, Sean Kingston, and we get into a lot of that. There's things that I had no idea that he went through. I mean, there's <laughs> there's a lot. I don't even know how to describe. Like every single day, I I, I hit him up on Instagram uh, DM and I say I do not understand your life. And honestly, after talking to him for an hour and a half, I still am not closer to understanding his life. Well, <laughs> hopefully, people can get can get uh, a better idea. Even a little better idea yeah. of who Johnny Shipes is, and we should get into this episode. What do you think? Uh, right after people leave a comment on in- uh, not Instagram, Instagram's fine, but uh, iTunes is what I meant to say. Oh, and also you promised that you were going to tell the people to leave comments on our video for Dave Matthews Bands. Yes, thank you for reminding me. You're welcome. I want people to leave comments under the Dave Matthews Bands video on YouTube right now. Right now. That's uh, that's my wish. My <laughs> wish is my command. Let's get into this podcast. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. Snitches Get Stitches, a.k.a. Malpractice Lawsuit. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. I'm Not The One, a.k.a. Morpheus. Yo, what up? It's Johnny Shipes, a.k.a. Mr. Good Talk, a.k.a. Fuck Your Grandma. <laughs> yeah, this is the way it's time to get real. Blah, 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 blah. Shipes, you might be the first person to really get off your deathbed to come here and be a part of this stupid podcast. Yeah, yeah, not, I love you guys. You're 
telling you forever that I, I, I want to do stuff with you guys. So, well, yeah, I wa- this is my first time out of the house this week in real life. Congratulations. I know, yeah. yeah. Welcome. I feel yeah. good. Is it, is it worth it? Yeah, it's worth it. I showered. I put on a cozy outfit. I'm here, you know? Oh, my God. Yeah. So you were just telling us that you, you got strep throat twice in three weeks? Yeah, and I wish I could be like, oh, it was from all these girls I was fucking with. <laughs> it wasn't. I don't know where the first one came from. The second one came from my toothbrush. So. <laughs> and you gave yourself strep throat again. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, what a life. What a life you live. I yeah. actually don't understand your life at all. And I, I tell you this regularly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you, uh, you just had a plumber come over to your apartment yep. to fix your... <laughs> plumbing well see that yes. that sounds normal yeah. yeah and i got them off handy which you would think so there's this app called handy so you'd think it would be very legit and normal but yeah i, I the plumber came over do you want the whole story <laughs> yes i want the whole yeah, story yeah. <laughs> so the plumber comes over and i was actually just like overdubbing my cats in the hallway because they had like ran out in the hall so i was like oh i'm gonna escape motherfucker i'm out <laughs> and the the door the the door opens and it's this dude I, you, as a fellow, as a, a pot smoker, you could yeah. tell a fellow pot smoker. So he comes. Like, I mean, your eyes are like closed. Yeah, he, <laughs> and he's like kind of like you know, like swaying back and forth in the hallway to my door. I'm like, "What's up, bro?" He's like, "Yeah, man, respect. They call me tall, man." I was like, "All right." He said he smelled the weed in the air, and he's like, "Yeah, you're smoking good." I was like, "Yeah, I'm smoking real good." Why you smoke? He's like, "Yeah, man, I smoke you out." I said. No, you're not going to smoke me out. We could smoke out. You, this is you know. an introduction to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had never met me. I never met him a day in my life. So I had just come back from Cali, and I happened to have some good weed, like super good weed. And I was like, all right, I have nine different strains right now. I'm going to show you all of them. Can you smoke nine joints with me? Because I could really smoke. It's almost like you work at like the Bloomingdale's counter. Yeah, exactly. Like, here's a bunch of different perfumes for you. This is fine cookies. This is wonderful lemon haze. So I start breaking it up. I'm showing him. He's like, man, respect. Yeah, we're going to smoke big. I was like, clearly he's Jamaican, right? Yeah, I was yeah. like, all right. I was like, well, let's get into it. So I roll the first one up. I can already tell he has baby lungs because he's he's like hitting it. You saw the the, the, the he's yeah. like. I mean, I have no idea, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he had baby lungs. So the first joint had already knocked him out. But I I loved that. I was like, all right, this man's finished. So I start rolling up the second joint. <laughs> he's smoking, and then I open up the lemon haze. I mean, the lemon tree and. He smells it and he's like, oh, he's like, this is so good. You and meanwhile, know, so. like he looks comatose at this point. Yeah, he's finished already. <laughs> yeah. So I knew if I busted out the lemon tree, it's finished. Because like there's certain <laughs> strains that just will knock you on your fucking head. I roll it up a few do a few pulls and the, he was just asleep. He was just like, first he was like nodding off. Mind you, he didn't even fucking fix my... Well, this is the biggest problem. Yeah. Like, you did it to yourself. Yeah, because <laughs> I love... But that's the thing about me. Like, if you look at the old clips of like my... I don't know if you know about the cleaning lady or anything no. like that. But I'll keep people around me. They could be fucking useless. But if you're funny and you make me laugh, yeah. you got a job. You can be around me, unfortunately. <laughs> you're paying them to do something that they come over to not do. Yeah, because yeah. at the end of the day, like, we're talking about it laughing and then when i talk with my homies 
things I laugh about it, and 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 especially with how stressed my regular life is, I need that release. I need to be able. Yeah, the to, weed isn't enough. It's you need yeah, people. Yeah, I need. I need to just laugh all day. So like. To me, I was like, all right, well, this is great. Then I realized he didn't clean it. I mean, he didn't fix anything. So I was like, yo, bro, get up. Like, go look. <laughs> and by the way, they're like, I don't know, like 10 people in your apartment at this point. <laughs> yeah. So people were just like kind of filtering in throughout the day. So it started, it was just me and uh, this kid, Squid Nice. And then it was Ruddy came over, who's a big smoker. Uh, Kirk Knight wound up coming over. He's a big smoker, too. He definitely got real lungs. He, he's been <laughs> around me since he was like 15. Yeah. Uh, Cousin Todd was in the house. Cousin Todd's sober these days, though, so he wasn't smoking. Cousin was, Todd is making soup. <laughs> Cousin Todd is making soup these days, and <laughs> and he's he has a, a wifey named Wifey. Yeah, wow, okay. Wifey. He got a tattoo on his chest that says Wifey. Yeah, I mean, why not? Yes, yeah. so good. Well, did anyone have to use the bathroom this whole day? <laughs> yeah, well, well, that's the thing is, I actually went in the bathroom, used it, and that's what made me realize he didn't fix the bathroom because <laughs> it was the same water pressure flush. I said, bro, fix it. Like come get up real quick and fix it, and he just couldn't. And like, yeah, that was that was the <laughs> so story. So it's still of the like not fixed. Yeah, but I'm gonna I'm gonna get a, a proper plumber t- this week. Now has this guy been back since? No, like just as a friend. No, and the thing is, I asked him for his number, and he was like, I think he was so fried right? that he, he he couldn't give me the number, and he's like, man, just find me on handy. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think I'm gonna be able to find you on the app. Like, I don't know how to find you. Do you have to rate him? Yeah, but he'd get a good rating from me. <laughs> yeah, that shit, that shit made my day. It was awesome. The amount of people that hit me from that, you know, the, 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 I'm not like that big. Well, I was until this year. I'm like doing press on myself or social. None of that shit. I didn't yeah. even have like Twitter till recently. But I do find it hysterical now because like you can reach a bunch of people. Back in the day when I used to do the, the um, cinematic TV episodes and yep. shit. It was like we'd film for weeks, get all the funny shit together, right. and then I'd put it out. And then, like, a lot of people were kind of almost beating me at my own game because, like, I feel like I, I definitely was one of the hip-hop funny people first, if you will. But, like, it wasn't on purpose. I just enjoyed when we were at South By or whoever I was around just right. doing it with. Uh, so then when I realized, like, the power of the, the fucking Snapchat or Instagram and shit. Yeah, it's instantaneous. Yeah. So I'm like, all right. And then and then what happened was literally I was taking a shit one day, <laughs> and the cat was looking at me on the, to- on the fucking sink. And I just, like, I don't even know. I just was like, hey, well, shapes, what do you do? And it, like, like literally took off, like lot like hundreds of people started hitting me like yo this is hysterical you gotta do more and i was like all right and then i realized like yo i could just do cinematic tv or smoking and joking via the social media you're gonna get you're gonna get your cat some sort of branding deal i hope so you know your cats are nuts yeah especially (laughs) four-wheeler henry the one that does the water trick with the cooler it's not a trick it's it literally is tapping the you have a a poland spring like uh, yeah water cooler and it it will paw the uh faucet until it just like it's just like leaking all over your floor yeah it's not a trick yeah (laughs) well it's it's cool to me i i loved it until he he and this is nothing i'm going to tell you on this podcast is a lie bullshit nothing i wish some of my friends were here to co-sign it but i'm a very straightforward honest person yeah the only time it really became a problem was i woke up one morning to my neighbor banging on my door (laughs) he had drained the entire poland spring thing like a thing this big right and it had seeped through 
to them downstairs and they were like what the fuck is going on and i didn't i didn't tell them it was my cat i was like oh i don't know there must be a leak and then i looked and there was water like all over the floor and now i don't like it anymore but anywhere i move, <laughs> anywhere i move the shit he still does it like he will figure out a way to to do that so it's it's, it's very talented impressive. cat yeah, yeah bring very, it on america's got talent mm-hmm. um your name has been uh, we've known you for yeah, a forever. decever you were right? our first meeting ever I think but really but yeah. in addition that's dope your you name has been brought up on I love Ev shout out shout Ev out to Ev. Bad, yeah. Ev is on vacation right yeah. now and a well-deserved already one. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah nice your name has been brought up on this podcast a few times once most surprisingly to us by bodega Bams yeah. who said you guys used to run to the Hamptons together yeah yeah I love uh Bam shout out to Bams we know each other so long as long as basically i know dizza yeah so we semi all grew up together from like 17 or 18 on and Bo- uh, bams and ola yeah yeah we used to do wild shit all <laughs> types of crazy shit you know but you would run out there to um and uh, run into scott disick and i used to live with scott <laughs> what i used to live with scott what did he do to the water cooler that you <laughs> kicked him out <laughs> nah um actually i lived at scott's house and his dad kicked both of us out because scott has been the same scott his whole life like from same the, hair lord uh everything just the, just his whole shit like <laughs> he's just been that character and or else really not a character it's him so me and scott lived at his house in the city and uh his dad like was just sick of getting complaints you know i've been evicted from five houses for, oh congratulations for, yeah. yeah yeah not anymore though now that i'm like an adult and really understanding credit <laughs> and getting into new buildings and shit if i want i i, I don't do that anymore Has at there, all. which which eviction is the best and if you look back at it the funniest 540 State Street. Shout out everybody that knows 540 State Street <laughs> in Brooklyn, right next to Jay Z's yeah, 560 exactly, State. Yeah. <laughs> 540 State Street was Animal House on steroids. It was insanity. I, I, I somehow decided to take over a brownstone in downtown Brooklyn. It was five stories. In the basement was Kirk Knight and all the pros. Yeah. In a nice finished basement, Kirk turned it into his studio. Kirk knew from early on he wanted to be a producer rapper he's amazing you know and he i've mm-hmm. watched him really hone his town from the basement when it was joey's time to shine and just coming up on 1999 kirk was f- super focused on so the basement was pro era and we used to call them uh what's the walking dead the walkers yeah uh, zombies were the walkers mm-hmm. we used to call them the walkers because like any time of night you couldn't leave food down there. you left anything <laughs> downstairs it was gone finished so like the walkers aka pro were downstairs right then the first floor was smokers club i i, I redid the entire like like uh walls and like uh wheat paste mm-hmm. all types of art of marijuana mm-hmm because you smoke. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I smoke. Yeah. So that was a smoker's club. <laughs> well, that was a smoker's club office. Mm-hmm. So there'd be ridiculous amounts of weed being smoked there all day long, like like ounces on ounces on ounces till the neighbors just hated me. <laughs> then the next floor was cinematic offices, and then I lived on the next floor, and then my crazy, insane AAU coaching brother lived on the, the top floor, who I'd never lived with my entire life except for... <laughs> Well, when I was super young, and then I lived on my own since I was 16, so really, we'd never really lived together since we were, like, up to 14, so that's a whole nother story. He's a polar opposite of me, yeah. 
And uh, and now suddenly he's your your roommate. <laughs> well, he was yeah for that because it was, yeah. was ten thousand dollars a month that crib. So I said to myself, all right, I can subsidize this by doing the offices here. Jesse, my brother, shout out to Jesse, you maniac. <laughs> uh, he would pay two thousand, so the eight grand was on me, right? Yeah. So so uh, that that how I got kicked out of there, and this is <laughs> such a good story. It's on the internet and everything. Is uh, one of the dudes in the Smokers Club, this guy who actually invented Sour Diesel, his name's AJ, shout out to him. He he came to us and was like, yo, I got this crazy invention I want to do. Uh, I want to take a leaf blower and I want to build a huge glass bowl where you could put a pound of weed in it and and." blowtorch the weed and then we'll 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 spray it with the leaf blower because there was like an engine on it so i was like all right that sounds fucking awesome we put up like this huge fucking smokers club banner we lit the fucking thing with a torch and then we could not it got you can look it up on the internet just there's a clip it got so smoky in the room like literally as if the building was on fire that we couldn't even locate the thing to try to turn it off so then 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 my brother, who loved it at first, was like, you motherfucker, the, 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 it's smoking out the windows. You can smell it down the whole street, you fucking asshole. We're going to get kicked out. No. Now, I, w- I had been kicked out of four places before this for marijuana and loud music and shit. You know, just my lifestyle sure. early, early on. So I couldn't even have my name on the lease. It was my brother's <laughs> boss whose name was on the lease. He's like, you son of a bitch. He's going to fucking kill me. He's a very high-profile dude, too. I can't mention his name. Yeah, but he yeah, was yeah. like a guy that's really, if you, you'll be like, oh, shit, this who signed your lease? Yeah. So, so... He starts trying to fight me when you can't even see. There's like smoke everywhere. All everybody else in the entire crib runs out the door because they literally couldn't see shit. They they heard the sirens coming from the fire department. Okay, and I'm the last person in there. I'm I'm literally high as fuck because it's all marijuana smoke. A pound of it just going in this fucking. <laughs> and you get all of it because no one else is there. Well, everybody yeah. else had left the the apartment. My poor three cats. They were kittens at this point, <laughs> which is why they're probably so crazy now. They're in the house mm-hmm. somewhere. You know what I'm saying? And the whole house got smoked out. All five stories. It looked as though 540 State Street was on fire. Like so, the fire department came, and I was in there like trying to shut off the fire <laughs> alarms. It didn't work. It's three fire trucks. And I go outside and I'm high as shit. And I say, listen, before you guys run in, they were literally right. I said, yo, really hear me out. That's marijuana smoke. And the, the chief starts laughing. He's like, what are you talking about? Let, I was like, dude, it's, there's no fire. And they're like, I made, I made him. A, I told him the whole thing. He laughed his ass off. I hope I don't get him in trouble. Mm-hmm. He's like, all right, let me just go in real quick. If there's no fire, we'll be out. And I won't even call the cops because this is legendary. And he walked in, they put the shit out and left. And, and as he left, he's like, you're fucking hysterical. That's I've never seen this before in my life and just left. That's unbelievable. But so that's the invention what got, worked. I know. Yeah. <laughs> the invention worked. It was awesome. I should bust it out like at like a smoker's club show or something. But the, the, or the, Shark Tank. Or Shark Tank. Yeah. Imagine Shark how amazing Have I got an idea yeah. for you? <laughs> so, so long story short is after that, before that, I got... An email forwarded to me by the landlord who told me, John, uh, I have some concerns. I'm going to forward you an email that one of the neighbors sent me. I said, all right, let me see it. And the title, and I, I could pull all this up for you right now. The yeah. title was 540 State Street Crack Den, <laughs> Drugs Sold, question mark. And it was a, a email sent from the the... I guess the community board person on the block to the entire like neighborhood that, that goes to their community meetings thinking that our place was a drug den 
Well, and I had to, no, but it wasn't though. <laughs> a drug, drug den, yes. <laughs> a, a drug den, as far as using, right, never right. selling. Right. We, we didn't sell anything, but right. they were you trying to accuse us. <laughs> yes, I'm a respectable marijuana smoker. <laughs> yeah. They tried to accuse us of running a, but they say crack. I mean, it, it, we we were like, is this a joke? So. My two neighbors next to me hated me, and mm-hmm. they basically like petitioned to get us out of the house. That oh my was probably God. my craziest one. That's I mean, I, I do have other really good ones. That one's pretty crazy. I, so do you still sell crack or no? No. <laughs> okay. Got out of the game? Yeah, got out of the Johnny, game. Johnny, where are you originally from? New York City, born and raised. Actually, the opposite side of here, 93rd and 1st. Wow. And then 83rd and Lex, my parents were separated. Okay. And then I bounced around. Uh, I went to a military, well, uh, semi-military school in Connecticut. How early? The, the gunnery. At 14. The gunnery. Yeah, the gunnery. Did you do something to make your parents want to send you away? Or were you like, I'm looking for something different? No, I I was crazy. I mean, like, I'm very reformed now. I was just nuts. I would would, like, basketball practice would be at like 6 a.m., so I'd like leave at like three thirty or four and go like graffiti the whole night and then show up to basketball practice with like my hands painted. The, the coach <laughs> would like hit my parents like, "What the fuck is your son doing?" Uh, what was your tag? Rask R A S K running all schemes kid. <laughs> you know what I mean, where where did where were the like greatest places you tagged? I, I'm not gonna front and say I was like a crazy graffiti or like I know how to bubble letter do throwies and shit. I mean, I, I went all around New York, uh, Brooklyn a little bit. That was it. But, like, did you go into, like, subway tunnels? Nah. Uh, okay. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Pussy. My homies did, yeah. though. Yeah, pussy. <laughs> sure. Now nah, you know, that was never my thing. I was actually an athlete more so than anything when I was younger. But I did love graffiti and art and shit. But my homies did it super hard for a long time. Yeah? Yeah, some of them. And where did you guys get spray paint? I would, like, steal all my dad's change and then go buy cans. And, uh, <laughs> you know, there were kids that would steal the paint from, you know, they'd rack it from wherever and sell it at a discount. Yeah. Shit like that. Yeah. So then I, I went to military school, got kicked out of there. Then I moved to Brooklyn to my friend's crib. I was the only white kid living in the PJs, 250 Clarkson Avenue. Your parents wouldn't have you back? No, they, they were done. My dad was actually home, like homeless at the time. He was like living in like a very small place. He'd lost all his money. He had a cerebral hemorrhage. Oh, my God. Jesus. Uh, yeah, he, he recovered. Holy cow. Uh, my mom moved to the Hamptons like as a local, just like literally moved my little sister and my brothers out there. So after a year of living out in BK, and I was still getting in more and more trouble. She was like, oh, come live in the Hamptons with me. But my mom's like bipolar. Mm-hmm. So I moved out there and she like kicked me out of the house within two weeks. So I basically just got a hotel room out there at this place called the Milgarth Inn in Amagansett. It's still there. And I lived there for like two years. And then I, I graduated high school and moved back to the city. <laughs> That's the truth. So did you what make... Were you, what were your relationships with the people who, uh, who worked at the hotel? Yeah. Well, I dated the... <laughs> the grandma the grand I dated this girl whose grandma owned it mm-hmm. but I didn't know that till after the fact that oh, I was living you there you weren't do- doing yeah. it for like oh this will no, save no, me no, rent no, like- no no <laughs> she was wifey at the time but but they didn't like me because I was a senior and she was a freshman so they didn't like that to begin with plus I'm sure they knew what I was doing out of that place which was selling drugs to make money to pay for it you know that was actually a, that was a trap a crack house yeah, yeah. <laughs> not crack but mushrooms and marijuana and uh yeah. What was the clientele out in uh, Long Island like? You'd be surprised, actually. So there was definitely just the normal surfer dudes and the athletes and shit, but there are hoods everywhere in the country, period. So it was a combination of different things, you know what I mean? So you, there are literally hoods in the Hamptons. Do you feel like you um, were a were a, a, a 
talented dealer or do you think that you were just like okay no i'm a good hustler so you were able to make a lot of money then not a lot enough to live and 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 buy music equipment and then like try to live the dream i also moved back into my mom's house i forgot this so i had a nervous breakdown when i was 19 because i saved all my money up to throw this crazy party at this place called LTV in the Hamptons. Mm -hmm. And I I didn't know that there was all these like different towns that didn't get along with each other, like on some gang shit. And there's Indian reservations out there as well. So I got all these local artists to come and do this show. And it was the biggest riot in Long Island history. Until Justin Bieber came and did the the Walmart. <laughs> I don't what would happen or, there. He did like a, a an in-store thing and there was like a, a riot. But anyway, just continue on your story. So, <laughs> so it was the biggest riot in Eastern Long Island history, right? Mm -hmm. And people that, that summer sold T-shirts in town that said, I survived the LTV riot. Cops got beat up. They, like, had to shoot in the air. It was insane. So then I, like, had lost all my money. I was really going through it. And then my mom let me move back in. And I got this bright idea to try to quietly build a studio in her basement right underneath her bedroom. <laughs> she always talks about this story still. And, like, I was, like, I'd bang and, and build. And then she'd come home and I'd be quiet. <laughs> And then she finally like w went downstairs and was like, "What the fuck are you doing? Get out of here!" And I was like, "All right, it's time to move back home to the city." Yeah, where? Yeah, so where is home at that point in the city? Um, where did I move to? I, I, I where did I move first? Oh, I, I moved in with Scott Disick. And what? Okay, so, so shout out Scott. You and Scott. <laughs> now, what is bad. the dream at that point? The dream, like in life. Yeah. yeah well, we were just do? wiling, man. I mean, well, no, I've always wanted to do music and comedy. Like that's literally, I'd known that since I was a kid. Like my mom will tell you that I used to like run around fucking in her outfits, pause and like pretend to be this person or that person or Aladdin or whatever. I, I definitely wanted to do comedy, and I still that's my main next goal. What about construction? Since you were building a, uh, a studio. <laughs> no, that was just me. No, well, that was my, already did that. Yeah, that, that was my goals of becoming a, mu a music guy or whatever. But well, uh, did you have any direction or was it just like, I'm going to get it somehow, some way? Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to do it. I, I didn't know anything about it. So you move in with Scott Disick. Yeah. Now, prior to that, though, uh, was it prior or after? Oh, no, no, no. I introduced Scott Disick to Jonathan Chebin because Chebin used to live with me, too, in the Hamptons when we would you do... You lived the Kardashian life before, before they did? Before the Kardashians. Yeah. <laughs> the Kardashians and, and Paris Hilton and all of them used to come to all the clubs that we would throw. So I was a... a, a humbly speaking fairly big promoter in the hamptons over the summers yeah during the summers mm -hmm. so it started this is a great fucking story we only have an hour right no we no, no we're gonna go as long yeah. as this takes yeah <laughs> so this is all true and just i want to preface this by any voices i do whatever i i have not a ounce of any animosity or anything towards black white asian puerto rican gay straight i love everybody right i'm just these are just the imitations and they're right. true so there was a club out in the hamptons called the swamp it was a notoriously gay club and these two these two guys owned it, Scott and Scott, and they dated each other. And one was very little, and one was very big. The bigger guy looked like fucking what's his name from, um, uh, fuck Anthony Hopkins movie, uh, where he eats people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. what the fuck? That sounds of the lambs. Sounds of the lambs. He looked like him. Okay. And then the little guy was just this maniac. Both of them coked <laughs> out of their minds all day long. We caught them like we'd walk into rooms to have meetings. They'd be like fucking each other. All types of crazy, disgusting shit. So I walk into the, the swamp one day because I'm looking for a new place to throw a party, right? Yeah. And it's a beautiful spot, but it's a gay club. Like it's only gay people that go there. Mm -hmm. So I sit with them and I'm like, look, like 
uh, I can bring a really big crowd here on a weekday. Like, give me a Monday night. Let me throw a party here. And they're like, sure. That would be, like, totally good. Like, how much are we going to make? I was like, yo, this crowd spends money. And they and they, they said to me, they're like, good, because our crowd doesn't spend money. So we'll bring them in. So I, I put the flyer together. I think I got, like, Kid Capri or somebody to come DJ. And, and I brought, like, a 1,000 people there that night. They made more money that night than like all summer or whatever. And they came to me, or not all summer, but they made a lot of money. And they came to me and they were like, we want you to run this club. Start it over, (laughs) take it over. We don't want to call it the swamp anymore. Make it whatever. So I wound up calling this dude, Jeff Goldstein, who owns Blue and Cream. Uh, It's a store downtown or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I called uh, Jonathan Chebin and and, um, Lizzie Grubman was involved. Uh, I don't... What oh, year Richie is this? Akiva. Like 2000? Yeah, it was a long time ago. It's called the Star. So we renamed it the Star Room. Okay. And I was running the Star Room. So like, Chebin, I got like a house out there, and Chebin stayed with me. That's when he met Scott, and we were bringing these. Well, Chebin was really bringing out Paris Hilton and all this shit at the peak, and that was when Puffy's white parties were going on, and all of a sudden Puff's white parties were at the Star Room and shit via Jessica Rosenblum, and yeah, yeah so. Uh, I don't know how I got there. Why did well, uh, that? I mean, well, <laughs> that's just amazing to begin with. Yeah. yeah. And so you, they gave you the keys to this place. Literally. And you know how I got kicked out of there? Finally. <laughs> you were selling crack? No, not even. <laughs> I, 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 I'm crazy as fuck. I like to do shit just to make myself laugh for the people around me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So one night I was like, just like drunk and it was like 5 a.m. And I was like, yo, I, I, you dare me to recreate the Lizzie Grubman shit? She did it fucking... <laughs> Swear to God, I call F Boogie. Matter yeah, of fact, yeah. call F Boogie and be like, "Yo, we're fact checking this because I got a story about F Boogie at the Star Room. It's fucking incredible." Okay, shout out F. Yeah. So F was like, "Nah, you're not gonna do that, B. You're not gonna do that." I was like, "Yo, I'm gonna do it." I was like, "Is there anybody behind that gate?" And he's like, "Nah." And I just took this car and rammed it through the front gate. I was the GM of the place. Like, I was running the whole thing. And Scott came running downstairs. He's like, you fucking asshole. What the fuck is wrong with you? This is it. This is the last strike. You're finished. And that was it. And the funniest part was is the Scots, shout out to them. They had taught me how to drive stick shift. Funny, right? Like, you know, yeah, they taught yeah, me yeah. the stick shift. You get the joke. And they had given me an X5. Like, like I, I, I didn't, you know. Which... Lizzie it was Grubman. part of my yeah. deal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it was really a recreation of the whole thing, and I crashed their X5 into the fucking club, and it was that was it. They were just done. At so, so as far as like promoting stuff, uh, and you're working with Lizzie, and you're working with um, Richie Akiva, and all these people. Like, was it a, was it the goal to be the place out there that would get into like the New York Post? And- yeah, I mean, not for me. I don't give a fuck about any of that stuff. But but and not saying it in a bad way. They're great at what they do. But for Richie and them, I think they named the upstairs butter, and it was popping for that summer that they did it Chebin, you know he's a great publicist so yeah we made it really hot like i was good at putting the pieces together and then i wasn't the one bringing all the fucking ill people i would bring like the music people and and so who were you bringing out musically um puff russell simmons how do you get in touch with puff playing basketball Really? You played yeah. basketball with Puff? Yeah, that's what I used to do. Is just like they'd be out in the Hamptons and we'd be playing ball and they'd just come to the park, like literally like hip hop, Jay Z, fucking. We, we would just play. And and then I got to know some of them. How were they? Uh, Puff is decent. I don't remember ever seeing Jay play. Dame played. Uh, Jeff Borrows ain't shit on the court. <laughs> Shout out, Jeff. Uh, yeah, I mean they were they were okay. And oh, you know who was good? This dude Jamil Spencer. Jamil was good. How how are you? 
I was good at ball. Okay. Yeah, I used to score 30 a game in, in, in high school. Damn. I was all right, yeah. Until you got kicked <laughs> off the team. For no, I never got graffiti. kicked off. The, that was like one of the things that I was really serious about was basketball. And then once I realized I was like a 5'10 Jewish kid that mm-hmm. looks like a baseball player and is <laughs> three steps too slow, I was like, all right, I'm going to focus on just selling weed to I could get in the music industry. So you're you're playing pickup games with all of these amazing superstars. and At East Hampton Park. And what's the what's the conversation like? You're just like, hey, I know, I know, you know, I'm on the other team, but I'd uh, love you to come well, to no, this I, I never. Bro. Oh, no, no, no. So I, I, I wound up becoming super cool with this dude, Jeff Burrows. Mm-hmm. who uh, he's still in the music industry and he was like one of Puff's best friends I think he was like the president of Bad Boy for a long time mm-hmm. and he was the one that just put me around that circle and Jessica Rosenblum mm-hmm. so it was more their relationships but I did wind up being the first person to get hired uh, at Blue Flame Marketing which yeah. is Puff's thing yep, Jamil yep. was running it and uh, yeah I had helped them out with like this party they were doing in the Hamptons uh, it was like a crazy situation they came to the Hamptons to do like a bad boy retreat and they had gotten no permits. So I got a random call from Jamil who knew me from playing ball and knew that I was a promoter out in the Hamptons. He was like, yo, we got 200 people from staff here and we have nowhere to put them. We, we thought we could go to the park and do blah, blah, blah. So I called my homie who owned like a horse farm out there and he let them do the bad boy retreat there. And then they, they then Jamil hit me and was like, yo, I want you to you're, come work for me. You're a made man. At that I was point. a made man yeah. at that point. I saved, I saved that day. <laughs> Did I, you? Have you gone to uh, Puff's white parties? Yeah, yeah. I helped Jessica throw them. And I, I used to be at that the house in the Hamlet just like eating dinners with like 10 people on some weird shit. Like and his was, mom? She was probably there. I, I, honestly, I, I don't remember every person there, but I, I know it was definitely like a mind fuck for me because I'm just like a kid trying to come up. I was probably 20 years old. You know, and then I wound up meeting this dude, Slam, who worked for Puff, and then we signed a group together, so we were developing a group. So I was, like, in the mix of that whole circle. Crazy. Yeah. Was that the first group that you guys found? Or that uh, you found? That you were part of? Probably, yeah. It was these three girls from the Hamptons. Wow. Shout out to Hush. 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 Yeah. That's, what they that's so early 2000s. Yeah, you feel me? <laughs> and it was three white girls. It was the whole, like, yeah, we could blow these girls up, and it never happened. But. Did you... Did you like have any idea what music management was like or what no. it would turn into? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so, I just, so how did you sell these three girls on like success and We know Puff. I'm a salesman, <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I'm a salesman, you know what I mean? Like like now I'm really, really good at what I do. Yeah, hum- yes. Humbly speaking. Like yeah. I, I don't now I when I talk to people I'm like yo this is what I'm gonna do for you this is how I'm gonna do it I'm gonna kill shit I think you're talented you know I'm good because you have you have ex- a lot of experience yeah, under your belt yeah but then I was just kind of like yo you trust me and I'll, I'll, I'm gonna try my hardest and and I was successful as a promoter if you will but that was never my thing you know what I mean would like, you I tell the DJs who were playing you know your Monday nights I used to DJ you you did yeah. How were me you? and I'm good. I, I won't actually DJ again pretty soon. Like I just have to find some time in my schedule. But I want to do like a monthly party or something. Could you blend? Yeah, I'm I'm nice. Oh, I'm pretty good. I didn't know if you were like aux cord before aux cord. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, just no, like no, hard no. stops. No, yeah. but but Switch I respect that. You know, I don't want to shit on anybody. So whoever's no, I, doing I get anything. it too. Yeah. Listen, we are amazing. Aux cord DJs come see us right. every month <laughs> at the release and yeah. uh, kinfolk. But I could do I could do the aux cord thing, but but when you're spinning like back then, were you putting on Hush Records? Were you like trying? Yeah, to- yeah, I, I actually was Hush and this kid named the Firm and whoever else I was developing at the time and. Uh, but there were other DJs too. There was like I don't remember them per se, but there I were there no was other like, DJs. Yeah, it was just <laughs> me. Nah, there was like uh, DJ Vibe who was down with the Lola kids. Like, uh-huh. uh, 
there was um, some other D. I just I don't remember like that, but there were other people that spun as well. So so you turn this this summer thing into a real lifestyle, yeah, but a real business, right? I mean, yeah, do you yeah, have yeah. like an LLC at that point? Yeah, I had all that, and and like, yeah, I was just like. Uh, yeah, I was I was doing my thing, you know what I mean? I, I don't like to like be like, oh, yo, I was killing it, but no, I was but definitely, you know, if you wanted to do some crazy shit out in the Hamptons and you would like usually hit me up because I had all these different like relationships with the local owner of this or that. So like, you know, we opened Star Room, which if you look it up was a very legendary place for a while. Then we went and took over Tsunami and opened Resort, which was another really dope spot for a while. Uh, and then we did um, this place called Bamboo. Bamboo's um, like... That was like huge. Yeah, it was. Yeah, honestly, they were all pretty big. <laughs> and then I just let. I was. I, I never wanted to be a promoter. That was. A, that was a way. And I think after ten years, you can't be incriminated anymore. I didn't want to sell drugs anymore. You right. know what I mean? And mm-hmm. like, if I saw a way that I could do music legitimately and fucking make a thousand dollars a night here and there, cool. I, I don't. I don't want to be selling mushrooms or weed or whatever I, I almost overdosed on mushrooms which is a story we could get into in a second yeah. by bagging them up it's an amazing story hysterical it's actually going in, in the movie i wrote in the script that i wrote for this comedy well but. let's hear it all right so <laughs> so uh i feel like i had something else to say though before we got into that because you asked me something before but i forgot but music management no it was something about like some derelict shit at star room <laughs> but i can't even remember right now did but, it involve martha stewart or um billy joel or? no i never <laughs> met i never met them it's been 10 uh, years you can talk about it <laughs> yeah no, no it's been longer i'm an old man at this point um uh okay so the mushroom story so I was a pool cleaner in the Hamptons, so my side hustle was to cl- to clean pools, right? Like, because I needed some sort of legitimate job, and I also worked at a bookstore as a uh, you could return the books and video rentals to me, and I used to sell weed out of the bookstore too <laughs> in East Hampton, right? So I had this, tr- I had like my pool truck, okay, that we drive around. It in. sounds like a porn, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I had the pool truck, and I used to fuck the milfs, um, but nah. So so. The, the name of the comedy that I'm doing right now is called Chemically Challenged, and it's about pool cleaners. And Great the name. Thanks. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And it's very, uh, it's very Ferris Bueller's Day Off meets like um, Caddyshack, some shit like that. And that's right. like really my life story in a nutshell. Like it's a mind fuck and it's about, it's about a fuck up. And, and, and there's a bunch of gophers. All that. <laughs> yeah. And just trying yeah. to overcome, you know, like the, the struggle or whatever. So I, um, so, so basically I had bought a pound of mushrooms earlier in the day put them in my truck and then i had to go open up pools for it was the beginning of the season so when you open up a pool you open it and then you like pour a ton of bleach in and you stir it around to make sure that it kills all the algae excuse me and i uh i guess like throughout the day bleach was like hitting my hands so like you know it would pull off like that first little layer of your skin you don't see it and it doesn't burn but it's like oh let me just wash this off and and over and over probably just a little you know pieces of of like that first layer that protects you from shit is off my hands Uh. so i go home to my hotel room and i'm bagging up my mushrooms because some (laughs) kids coming to buy them and I just start like, shit, <laughs> fucking fuck. <laughs> and then like, like 
30 minutes in, I'm fucking tripping. The kid comes to buy the mushrooms, and I'm like, I'm like, yo, yeah, just take it, and we'll talk tomorrow. And, like, I don't even remember what went on from that point to, to when I woke up the next morning at the beach. <laughs> Literally at the beach, like, like sand in my face. like, And, and I remember waking up and sitting there and, and, like, not even know. Like, I had had so much mushrooms go directly into my blood that, like, I sat there for, like, hours while the sun was just beaming on me and I almost I feel like I almost died I don't really remember what happened after that but I, I like guess I blacked out and woke up with a huge sunburn <laughs> yeah and an IV in my arm and I was in the hospital oh, oh my god yeah, yeah, yeah and then I wound up going home but but that was a great story it was Holy awesome shit. Yeah. <laughs> who found you on the beach like a lifeguard or some god. shit yeah god. <laughs> it was so early it was like 6am I, I don't well I don't know the real time but I just remember like like and I was like, "What the fuck?" I didn't even know. I, yeah, I didn't even know. But yeah, that was a good. That was a good little sidebar. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so um, did you? Uh, I remember. I remember what I was going to say before. But yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to tell you that my my favorite eviction, <laughs> like like so, I love the five forty eviction, mm-hmm. but I have two eviction notices that came, and they were about cousin Todd. Mm-hmm. Cousin Todd got me evicted out of two of my five evictions because he used shouts to, to him. Yeah, shouts to Cousin Todd. He wanted yeah. to come up here today, but you guys are like, no, which is, I well, totally no, we have a lot. Yeah, 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 we have yeah, a lot of Johnny stories to go over. And then he would have been in here just wiling out. And yeah, right yeah. But yeah, he, he Cousin Todd definitely played a big part in getting me evicted from two houses. They, they <laughs> cited him. They were like, your Cousin Todd spelled, they spelled it C U Z Z I N. They went on so the internet. So they're fans. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, they were fans. They went on the internet. They're like, we saw the videos you've been shooting in your apartment, like all types of shit. So now I got to really be careful when and where I yeah, videos. he's back in your apartment. Yes, he's back. He, well, he's not living with me. Here's what happened. Is Him that what and wifey. Told, like, <laughs> that's what I tell the public. But yeah, he, he lives with me for entertainment purposes. I won't lie to you. Once I get wealthy enough and have like a huge, huge house, yeah. he will live with me. Mm-hmm. He's going to be my live-in cousin. Butler. <laughs> Butler. Butler, basically, yeah. And Cousin Todd will definitely live with me. He's, a, he's hysterical. I love him. He's my little cousin in real life. Right. He's a lovable kid. He's just out of his... He's whacked. He's fucking out of his mind. Um, but yeah, so so you had asked me about the evictions earlier. Yeah. I just I did want to say shout out to him because he definitely got me evicted from two of the places. How many polo matches did you go to in Long Island? No, none. None, mm-hmm. never. I don't do any bougie shit at all. If there's a party Not even to go ironically, to, yeah. You didn't like well, end well, up there. Oh, and- well, so I've, I've, done, um, I've done like some golf outings just to be funny and like do wild shit. I don't really like to do any of the scene stuff. It's just not me. I don't fit in there. Right. I don't like to put on a, a, a what's it called? A suit. A, not, yeah, <laughs> suit for sure. But even I don't like to put on a um, show and a song and dance for people. Right. Like you either like me in my hoodie and how i am or i don't need to be around you did you i get, feel like you would actually kill like a top hat and spats <laughs> yeah well i would do that as a joke like if you guys said to me yo we're filming this let's go i'd go and do it you know i just don't want to be serious and be like oh yes look at that photo what a fucking good shot by him and he's so handsome right that's more henry yeah so, yeah, yeah yeah so did i mean like eastern long island did it feel really small because it is yeah right? i knew like everyone there that's how i became like a big promoter it was so easy it was like you know i'm coming from this big city i have a hustler's mentality I definitely had good weed. So I started meeting people. I was played on the basketball team. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, before I knew it, I like knew everyone out there. And did, well, first of all, how did it end with the innkeeper's granddaughter? Uh, or are you guys still together to this day? <laughs> yeah, we're still together. No, she... Um, Storybook ending. Yeah. yeah, right? No, she wound up... Her name was Kate. She wound up getting married and pregnant. 
same as my last girlfriend without me. Oh, oh my yeah, god! Yeah, I'm, I'm not much of a winner in that category. This is like, uh, like immaculate, you know, conception. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, people. I find it. I find that people can't really put up with my lifestyle. With women, you know what I'm saying? It's hard. Like or anybody or anybody. <laughs> it's like you know, at a certain point, you don't really want to sit there while my homies are around smoking. We're laughing, and then you know, it just gets old. But it's cool because I'm not ready to settle down. Yet, right. Right. You know, ladies. Ladies. Any ladies, 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 yeah. ladies out there? Just know that it's 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 oh, you're gonna you get a lot and of it's Johnny and cousin Todd. Yeah, so it's, exactly. It's, you have to understand and the lifestyle. Henry and the four wheeler all of them. The crew, yeah. yeah. So you move out and of a pl- a plumber. That's, that's not right. to say that I don't get a lot of ladies. No, they just hey. don't stick around there. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm saying. You know what I mean, you know what I mean. So, so you get out of small Eastern Long Island for yep. the summers, and you move back to New York. Yeah. And where do you settle down? You moved in with Disick. Yes, we moved in. I moved in with Disick on what, like what, 62nd Street. On the east side or west side? East side. Okay. Oof. At his, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was just, very, there's nothing around like, there. Yeah. Me and Disick. And we were well, in the, like the whole finance community. Like. Yeah, yeah. It was a bunch of pricks. And <laughs> yeah. they, they eventually like complained to his dad and we had to leave. And that was when me and Disick, not had a, there was no never falling out. If I see him, I actually saw him last year at Coachella and it was all love. Like he's the homie. We grew yeah. up together. But uh, yeah, then I wound up moving downtown to the Lower East Side and, and stayed there for probably like 10 years. And, and, <clears throat> Music is 100% where your mind's at at that point. Yeah, always. It'll always be. I love music. I love all types of music. I have all different types of genres, you know, signed to my label or management company. I just love music. So yeah. it'll always be a platform for me. Uh, I just happen to want to do comedy and, and do do comedy, just not big yet. And how do you how do you go from Hush to Sean Kingston? <sighs> Ooh, okay. <laughs> Um, and then or at some was Sean point, Kingston in Hush? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, was, he was the DJ in Hush. <laughs> um, and then, and then at some point, remind me to tell you an Ev Boogie story. In yes, the please. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, I went from there was really only one person that ever put their hand out for me in the music industry, and that's this guy named Zach Katz. He's a he's a big guy now. Uh, I think he's the president of BMG, and he really looked so out really for me. Guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he like really looked out for me. Like he actually used to when he would come into New York City, he'd sleep on my couch. He wasn't big at that time either. He was get on his way. He had J.R. Rodham, mm-hmm. and he they found Sean Kingston, and he hit me, and put his he extended his hand and was like, "Yo, I want you to manage high tech with me." He was managing high tech at the time. And the he's producer, like, yeah, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Yo, I have this young kid, Sean Kingston. You got to come meet." And so I went and did it, and, and, like, you know, that's what got me in the industry where people really respected me because, like, he sold so many records, and they were like, oh, this kid must know what he was doing. And I'm forever grateful to Zach because, like, I, I just see it every day now where people either try to keep me down or don't, you know, they won't help me. No one's ever said to me, yo, here's a client for you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, there are people that will come to me to partner on stuff, and, and it's a reciprocal I think that's the right word, relationship, where mm-hmm. you, you basically mutually beneficial. But, yeah, Zach really helped me out. Uh, shout out to him. And that's how I got with Sean. And then from there, you know, I, I even to this day, I don't know that I want to do pop music. I like to do, like, shit that hits my soul. So, like, I, I don't know anybody really in that lane that I'm, like, in love with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but from there, you know, it opened the doors for me to find people like Nipsey or Crit or mm-hmm. whoever, and, and so I'm forever thankful for and, that. Uh, was there a time, or am I mistaken, where you work with Little Kim? Mm-mm, Foxy Brown. Oh, Foxy Brown. Wow, yeah. Eric. I, no, I know, yeah, the exact <laughs> opposite. Oh, now I know who's Eric and who's Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Finally, wow. Mindfuck. 
How did you? <laughs> how did you? How did you work with uh, with Foxy Brown? How did that happen? Um, how the fuck did that happen? I honest, I swear, and I wish I could tell you. I don't really remember. Okay. It just happened, and how the f- how did that happen? How did you get out of it? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> Honestly, like you know, much respect to her. She was just a difficult client. Yeah, uh, I remember. Oh man, I remember trying to find Foxy Brown. She wouldn't tell me where she was at. She was just like, "Oh, I'm at this pizza spot. Find me." I'm, I'm, and like I had to go into these pizza stores on a certain block. There was like three of them, and she was in the back drinking wine. And I had to get her and convince her to go to this this meeting we had in Philly with the dude who owned Mesquite at the time. Remember that I fucking do. disgustingly ugly? He wanted to do a Foxy Brown line. I get her out there, and she winds up like sitting on his lap during the meeting, drinking with him. And where did you sit? I sat in the other seat. He was loving it the whole time. He was like, I love this. This is great. Oh, I love your Foxy Brown. Yeah, that was a short-lived relationship between me and her, you know? Well, we met you when you were managing Sean Kingston. Um, you had in- an office at 550 Madison. Yeah. Oh, oh, the Saudi at, building. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cousin Todd was there. Huge, Cousin Todd was there. Huge office. Yeah, F-Boogie they gave me. Yeah, F Boogie was there. Yeah, yeah. F Boogie would come in when he wanted. Okay. You know, he literally would, would would go on his binges and then he'd come back and you know we we would. That's my bet, like my best best friend. Basically, I have yeah. three or four of them, but he's like really in my circle, mm-hmm. so I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's so talented. You know that that, that I could never not work with him but yeah. he was just in his own battling his own demons as was i and we were all on drugs at that point like i don't even know how the fuck we got through all that but the meeting it was terrible <laughs> was it i believe yeah that's probably why you guys didn't go with me you're like is this a fucking joke but yeah they gave well, I me i think you were trying to manage us yeah there was, uh, what, it just... was just sort of like an open like you're like i like the videos that you're doing yeah, I and loved i think at the time too you were looking to start your own video oh, idiot box idiot box yeah. idiot box, idiot box. Yeah. still look that shit up Yo, we were so ahead of our time, man, because like if the internet was popping then, it would be a whole different story now, which is fine. You live and you learn, and now I'm in a way better position to launch a shit, but yeah. Do you want to hear your pitch? Yeah, it was I love like, it. Do you remember it? Like, yeah. It, it awesome. Was, I mean, it wasn't much. It, it, was, oh, it uh, was you go, so everybody has a friend who's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely have those. And you were like, and so we have this thing called Idiot Box TV, and then you showed us Cousin Todd's videos of him going to, oh, um, right. he did Bong Hits in the Hood. Hell yeah. Yep. Bong Hits in the Hood. Shout out to Mike Lawrence. He's locked up right now, but yeah, shout out Mike Lawrence. What did he do? Uh, what did Mike Lawrence do? Did he I, film or did he... Oh no, Mike Lawrence was the kid who sang Bong Hits <laughs> in the Hood and he was the one who was like he would he would run in the street naked and all before Jackass man. We were like pretty ahead of our time. I wish we, I stuck with it, but I didn't have the money at that point. But you did have an office with an amazing view and big windows. Yeah, everything. And- Shout out Charlie Walk. He believed in me and, you know, gave me that deal. So when I signed Nipsey. And so, yeah, where did you find Nipsey? Uh I was managing Felly Fell at the time and I said to him Bro, like it was when West Coast hip hop was at like a a downtime, and mm-hmm. I was just like, yo, there's 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 nobody hot out here. There's nobody hot in L.A. Is that what you're telling me? And he was like, well, there's this dude Nipsey Hussle, but he's a real street motherfucker. Da da da. I was like, all right. I go home. I Google Nipsey Hussle. I find his MySpace page, and I heard bullets ain't got no names. Mm-hmm. And I want to say, uh, uh. I don't remember the other song on his page, but when I heard it, I was like, this kid's incredible. I flew back out there and f- talked to him, and we got a deal done. When you were managing Felly Fell, 
did, was that during the time when he uh, was doing like a uh, uh, an album of his own? Yeah, and he had that single with like Kanye. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, uh, Fab maybe was on that. Uh, that might have been the second album when I wasn't involved. Okay, I, I know what you're talking about. I think it was Akon, and oh yeah, uh, it was a. It was like drop that booty, some sh- <laughs> stupid shit. Not not saying Felly's stupid, just right. some typical radio of shit. Course, yeah. Of course. Yeah. He was like the West Coast Coward for a yeah, moment. Yeah. Yeah. Felly's the man. Yeah. Shout out Felly. So you went out there, you met Nipsey. You met Nipsey, loved Nipsey, pause, still did, love him to the Did this you go day. out to Slauson and really like I literally it? when I met Nip for the first time, I met him on sixtieth and Crenshaw. Mm-hmm. They were filming the Bone Thugs and Harmony movie and I sat with him, Big U and Steve Lobel. Wow. And we just talked and I said, Yeah, like I got to work with you. Like, I love your music. You're incredible. You're a star. You got the whole thing. And we just moved. What do you say? Okay, yes. Yeah, because everybody was scared to fuck with them. You know what I mean? Like, no execs wanted to fuck with them. They were all scared. Except Steve Lobel. (laughs) Yeah, except Steve Lobel. Shout out Steve Lobel. So we just did it. And and Charlie Walk believed in me so much because of the Sean Kingston success. All I said to to Charlie, I was like, yo, I got this kid Nipsey Hussle. He's like, ah, (laughs) you mean like Nipsey Russell? Sign him. He didn't even even make me play music. I was like, all right, cool. We signed him. And then, then, you know, and then me and Nip uh, and Big U and Steve O'Bell, we worked it until like I left Epic. I just was done with the majors and Nipsey went his own way and I went my own way. We saw you then, um, obviously, like, the crit stuff, like, was, was really exciting um, because, you know, him and, and Big Sant and those guys, like, we're doing something. Sunt. We're doing something so. Big Sunt. Is that the pronunciation? Yeah, Big Sunt. Sunt? Excuse me. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Like, Mind blown, right? Yeah, know, right? Yeah. <laughs> How many years have you been saying Big Sant? Uh, apparently too long, yeah. <laughs> um, it, but, but. It, they were doing something so different and coming from obviously a different coast. Yeah, uh, Mississippi. How how did they get on your radar? Perry Landisberg. Do you know who that is? I know no. the name. Fellow Jew. Oh, I'm, oh. I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah, She's in the music eating. industry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He sent me beats for Dizza to rap over, and the beats were ridiculous. I was like, "Yo, who's this?" He's like, "Oh, it's this dude, Big Crit from." Mississippi, he got beats and he raps, and I was like, "Oh, let me check him out." And then I listened, and the kid was incredible. And I never care where anybody's from or whatever; I just look for the town. So, when again, where executives didn't want to take a chance on Nip or whatever, I'm not an exec; I'm a music lover. Sorry, I really don't like the word exec, just because I feel like it. You think of a certain type of person, but also you're uh, the president, and so it's just like it seems beneath you. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm a, I'm a connoisseur. Yeah, exactly. Um, so. So, uh, uh, what was I saying? You were saying that you didn't care what, what town he was from. Oh, was yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like how, you know, people and... didn't want to deal with whoever because they were scared or people looked at Crit like, oh, somebody can't blow up from Mississippi. But the music was so good. Of course you can. And, and now it's, you know, I was in the middle of the music res- revolution or evolution, if you will, because there was like the time where record labels dictated what was good and they would spend a million dollars on some bullshit and shove it down your throat, pause, and you had no choice. And then the internet came along where a click of a button and a 5D could shoot a video and put shit out. And, you know, that was when we got shit rocking and, and, and talent would penetrate through the bullshit. So Crit 
came at that time and it was just like people were sick of the bullshit he said he was an he is an amazing artist so it just cut through all of it and that's how that went what, what managers were you looking at like that were because you know scooter braun was popping at that time um i'm trying to think who else like who were you looking around at and being like oh well they're, they're doing it right no one nobody Mm-mm. still to this day no one I know who my competition is, you know what I mean, and I want to beat everybody, but I don't follow any drum. I literally, like, I tell all the artists that I try to sign, like, I just put, have, like, horse blindfolds on. You know how, like, horses have mm-hmm. these things? I don't look at anybody else. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. I couldn't even tell you what whoever's album sounds like unless I'm a fan of them and listening to it, like Kendrick or Q or whoever, but, like... You know, if you ask me what I'm not gonna say, who X Y Z's album sounds like, I'm not going over there listening to to whatever. I just I just do me, honestly. I know that sounds generic, but I don't know that I could really like my the way I march to my drum works for me. So that's all that matters. Yeah. How about your friendship and it it really is or or brotherhood with with Smoke Dizza that goes beyond uh, yeah, anybody. Me and Dizza, clients. yeah, me and Dizza aren't even in business right, right now. Like right. I still help him with anything he wants for me, but I love Smoke. Like I remember there was a video that you did a prank where where, where you came to him and you pretended to have a teardrop a tattoo, tattoo on your tear, face. Yeah, and and he was so upset because he was like your Godfather. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, I'm Godfather of his children. <laughs> Um, and I've actually, and I'm not embarrassed to admit this publicly because I need to, certain things in my life I need to step up. I've been a bad godfather to his kids just because I, I honestly haven't seen them like and hung with them in a long time. So I said for, you know, moving forward, there's certain things in any everybody's life that you want to improve on. And I think based probably on my fucking insane childhood and not really having a full family structure, sometimes you don't realize important things like that. But I'm 36 now, so it's like, you know, and Diz is literally my brother. We 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 damn near grew up together, like uh, from eighteen on. To me, that's growing up together because I bounced around to so many high schools. That I didn't really have high school friends. I, to this day, I have maybe one high school friend, Ev Boogie. I met out of high school. Uh, Dizza right out of high school. You know, those are like my friends. Yeah, yeah. So I would do anything for Dizza. Like get him that snowblower or that uh, that leaf blower. Yeah, if yeah. he wanted that, of course. I mean, Dizzle is a co-owner and founder of Smokers Club, so you know we do do certain stuff together. But also, we know each other so well that like the reason we're not doing business right now is for a minute he didn't want to fuck with the old shipes, which I respect. Like mm-hmm. we knew each other too good. Like right. Like just like I know his bullshit, he knows mine. Not that I'm a bullshitter, but like. You have, I'm not fucking with shapes today, yeah, yeah, right. uh, and it just was too personal. So he went and did his own thing, and the Pete Rock thing is fucking awesome. Yeah. I'm so happy for him. I wish it was on cinematic, but the next one, you know, hopefully will be. And 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 yeah, me and Dizzard, that's my brother. And just for the record, Dizza can make it through all nine strains that you have. Currently. Yeah, Dizza, Dizza, <laughs> Shice Bubs. Uh, who else could make it through the strains? Ruddy. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of Snoop? us. Snoop for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Snoop Wiz, those Currency, have yeah, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff, do you want to tell you uh, our our Shice Bub story? Yeah, oh, I'd so, love to hear this. <laughs> so uh, we visited you at it was on Twenty Third Street mm-hmm. in the old um, complex. Yeah. Do you know what I did in that office <laughs> Down, downstairs? Did I? No. I'll tell you after. It's so <laughs> okay. good. It's so good. Okay. 
So we went to your offices, <laughs> and it was on like a floor we'd never been to. It looks exactly yeah. like the old complex, but it was uh, a little <laughs> bit different. The only thing was that it looked like a bomb had hit the yeah, whole yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. There you was guys no been, ceilings. Yeah, and... it was like cubicles. Yeah. but you guys been playing paintball. And oh, that was what I was going to tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to tell the paintball story. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. You keep going. Well, also, real quick, uh, we went. It, it was a different entrance, right? There, there's yes, a back entrance we, to that building. Okay, so this was because I was I was working at Echo at the time and I was like a high up there if you will and I was trying to bring the brand oh back. you were I, high <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was you know a big fan of Mark Echo shout out to him everything he did in, in life to this point and I loved Echo growing up I was that kid that I don't know if you guys remember the shirt that like had the little kid sleeping waiting for the Stretch Armstrong show to, to... that was you like, like I'm essence, just saying, like yeah, yeah. in essence, I used to look at that shirt and be like, "Oh, it's me." So I, I was, was the big, rhinoceros. <laughs> so, I, so I used to just like look at that shit and be like, you, you know, I, I was a big Mark Echo fan, so I jumped at that opportunity. But, th- but so because there was a separate entrance that we wouldn't normally go into to get to complex, we go up there and we're like. This it is looks, so weird because yeah, it it's looks complex, exactly like right. complex, but it's not complex. It was huge. It was it's, like dirty and like yeah. you know Joe LaPuma's not sitting there. It was right. like we had to rip up the carpets. They gave us the it was exactly as big as complex. Yeah. It was the opposite side of the, the block. So there was half a block for complex and half a block for cinematic smokers club. <laughs> I Mark and Seth just looked out and was like it was really more Seth because Seth's just a maniac and he was just like Take 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 this office over here. We we I thought I was gonna come in like a little cubicle and it was like a fucking half of a block. So what did I do? I was like, yo, we could play paintball in here. Let's fucking get you so you remember the Andy Milanaka shit and all that then. No, I didn't I we only saw the aftermath. Oh. We saw like orange paint everywhere. <laughs> like yeah. Vashti had uh, uh spray painted her name on one of the yep. cubicles. Uh-huh. We um, shot Kendrick Lamar's ADHD in that office. Really? Yeah, if you go back and look at it. Yep, you'll Had, see. Also, for the people who don't know, that's that building was where they shot the interiors and exteriors for Big. Big, the uh, the, the toy factory. That's dope. Yeah, where Tom Hanks worked. But So we, we take a meeting with you in a cubicle because we were talking about working with Crit. Which is crazy because like you had the whole floor and there was nobody else there. So yeah. we could have like, like, just here, done anything. Here's this little yeah. cubicle. Yeah, so we sit there, we do that, and then we stand up and... Uh, while we were having the meeting, Scheist Bubs had walked in and sat in his cubicle right next door. <laughs> and he sat at his computer and he was, there was a spreadsheet open and we were like, well, yeah, Scheist like, Bubs is like working on a spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the CFO, just yeah, like, you yeah, know, yeah, with his yeah. like, little visor. Well, Scheist is the ultimate hustler. He knows how to, you know, water from wine, sell yeah. water to a well, or whatever the fuck the, right, the right. sayings are. Yeah. So I'm sure he was working on some sort of scheme and hustle to get <laughs> yeah, some, some white collar crime. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, you know he's not even a criminal. Shice, no, no, Shice, no, please, I'm not. Yeah. yeah. So, um, shouts to Shice Bubs. Yeah. But that that was like my favorite moment of uh, of that. I remember too. Not long after, um, we had a meeting at the Source magazine, and we were playing some records from what was going to be our our debut mixtape. And we go and we meet with uh, Sean Lynch, who now works at Fila, yeah. and at the time was working at the Source. And after we play our stuff, he was like, "Hey." You guys know anything about this kid Joey Badass? And he's like, he has two dollar signs at the end of his name, and he's like, he's like, he's like just bubbling up right now, and you know who's gonna fuck with him, Johnny Shipes. And we're just like, oh, that's our guy, and like, let's hear this. And he played us something, right? And we were just like, oh, all right, well, good luck to him. Right. And the next thing you know, he's like the hero to this whole like New, you New know, York movement, exactly. Right. So, so how did you find Joey? 
And how did you find Pro Era? And, and how-, how good is Joey at paintball? <laughs> uh, I don't know if Joey did the paintballing with us. He was definitely in that office a lot. Uh, and we did some really legendary photos in that office with him and Steve's rest in peace. Uh, but I found Joey. I personally, I feel as though I found Joey on World Star, and it said 15-year-old freestyles. Joey says that it was a YouTube clip that was titled World Star Hip Hop 50, which could have been. I don't know. Well, I one remember of you was a liar. So, yeah, one, you know, <laughs> one of us a liar. Leave a, yeah. leave a comment if, yeah. uh, if it's Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> so, so. Uh, I basically was like, it was right when Rocky was popping, Tyler was popping, and I was like, yo, there's got to be a young kid out there that is the opposite of these guys. Not in a bad way. Like, I super respect what Rocky does. I super respect what Tyler does. They're geniuses. Uh, I just grew up on a certain type of hip-hop, so I was like, yo, there's got to be somebody fucking dope out there. And I believe in karma, and I know that I've lived a certain lifestyle for at least the last 10 years you know from living learning life experiences and a lot of times shit just falls into my lap so I don't want to take too much credit for Joey I definitely am in his life for a reason and 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 work on all business with him pro or everything but I just found it and saw this kid that just had swagger at 15 and the bars were dope so I I hit him on Twitter and I was like yo I want to have a meeting with you and we met and then I met his mom who I love to death she's a sweetheart uh we're still super tight now Obviously, me and Joey are tighter than ever. Uh, Joey didn't even. Sign, Joey is such a a rare type of individual. Joey was blown up before he ever signed to me. Like literally, he could have gone and signed with anybody. He was that big already. And like a year after he blew up, he, me, and him finally closed our paperwork. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so. Was there, was there, uh, how did you want to get involved? Did you just want to guide him? Did you want to? No, I wanted to work with him. I yeah. said, yo, you're, you, yo, let's get in the studio. Let's start working. I'm going to show you what I'm about. I'm going to show you I'm a good person. I want to prove to your mom that I'm here for you guys and, and, and really like, not like the rest of these people that'll take everything from you. This at the third, let's get rich together. And, uh, we just started and he, he's always had his own vision, even to today. Like I'll give him my two cents, but Joey's got his his vision for shit you know what i'm saying and i just helped to guide that ship um what happened in the year between you finding him and and him actually signing like he blew up obviously but like yeah. what, what brought him back to you no no we were together the whole time like i was working managing him uh and just coming up with the game plan but but we just didn't do paperwork because because back in the day you know, I, I really do and I know it sounds cliche, I do this because I love it. Like there are artists, Fat Trell, uh well not Nipsey because I haven't worked with him since we haven't worked together, but there's a lot of artists that I've just worked with off the strength. I can't think of them all right now, but even to today I will. So like I wanted to sign Joey and I was hoping he was gonna keep it real with me because I definitely was doing everything I was supposed to on my end. But I was doing it for the love. I really was. As, as cliche as that sounds, that's what it is. And that's why there's like a tagline, I do this thing for the love of music. Because, you know, I don't, you don't need to be signed to me for me to show you that I support you and whatever. Like, good, I hope you go get money. I'm going to go get money regardless. I'm a hustler, you know what I yeah. mean? So you don't have to be signed to me. You just, you know. But, yeah, he, we were clear with each other that, you know, we wanted to we wanted to be in business with each other. We just had to get the lawyers to be on the same page and shit like that and that it took that long well what are your thoughts on marriage (laughs) marriage in general uh if i find the right girl i might have found the right girl just so you know you know just throwing it out listening to this podcast listening to this podcast podcast right now no she's on a flight to australia 
but but I, I she's a shit. So do, we'll see. Do you have wifey tattooed on your chest? I or? do. Oh, okay, yeah. good, good. So, um, <laughs> how amazing is that, though? Yeah, no, I'm he didn't know what tattoo to get. I said, "Yo, you're not staying at the house tonight unless you get the wifey tattoo." <laughs> and he got it. Not only did he get it, he got it big. Big. Well, well, his wifey's the shit too. She holds him down. She gave me the chicken noodle soup recipe when I was sick. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. she gave it to him, but he gave it yeah. to him. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Have you guys seen the honey bun video? No. no. Oh wow. It's not out yet. I'll send it to you. All right. <laughs> it's 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 Cousin Todd featuring Wifey. Wifey's a singer. Yeah. Wifey writes all Cousin Todd's lyrics. Wait, you can't put that out there. Don't worry if Cousin not Todd in... writes rhymes. Yeah. You're right. Writes, is this yeah, live? Yeah, is this... He makes yeah. chicken noodle soup. Yeah. It's live? No. Uh, it's so... all good. Don't edit it. Todd does not write his own bars. You know what I'm doing with Cousin Todd over the break? No. So I'm braiding his hair with little red um, beads like Lil Yachty, yes. and I'm going to call him Lil Toddy. And he's going to have full-on red beads, and I'm going to put him in the studio to do a song. I'm very By the excited. Way, but that's what I'm most excited about for the whole trip. <laughs> braiding that's his hair. The... Braiding his hair and just putting him in the studio is Lil Toddy. He yeah. could be really hot toddy. Wow. Hot toddy's wow. good. Hot yeah. toddy. Uh, by the way, Ev Boogie came up with that idea. I don't want to take Shout Ev's out idea. to Ev yeah. Boogie. Yeah. Shout out to Ev Boogie. Jeff writes all of Ev Bo- Boogie's <laughs> lyrics. <Yeah. laughs> so yeah. um, we're going to have Ev uh, up here in a yeah, couple weeks. Very soon. Nice. So Crash so, that interview. So yeah. Through. <laughs> so you, you, you're doing cinematic and uh, we've known you to be developing comedy stuff, to be developing music stuff, and... Uh, you've had some discussions with television uh, yeah. through the years. Uh-huh. Are you any closer to getting something on the air now than maybe you were a couple years ago? Yeah, definitely. Like the, the well, first of all, my goal isn't to be on the air because I don't like to be censored. It's almost like me with my independent label. I really, I so my living comes from music, so I have to focus on music first and foremost. Uh, at this point, I have a large staff working for me, an office. It's way more professional. I have general management in so place. no paintball? <laughs> no paintball in the office. No no even change, smoking dude. weed in yeah. the office. What? You know? Yeah, it's Leaf fucked flower? up. What? Yeah, nothing, nothing. So it's just a sterile office. But it's still cinematic, so it's still cool. And, you know, the vibe is great. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's very professional, you know, because that's how artists want their shit, which I respect, and I want them to feel that way. And then, you know, I lead the double life of comedy. But what I'm doing now is I'm shooting a show called Good Talk with Johnny Shipes. And basically it's, uh, it's like hip-hop Howard Stern meets jackass meets like wayne's world so it'll be kind of like it's a culmination of everything you've been working towards right yeah Yeah, basically and it's like going to be shot in my living room and then we'll do man on the street stuff and uh yeah i have a producer doing it with me and i'm going to put it out just by myself i don't even want to be on tv so so if it goes to tv cool but at least i'll have made it big enough and funny enough hopefully and then I'll be able to dictate my own deal. Because I, I had a, a development deal at MTV, and they wanted me to do this whole corny fucking not who I am. So I, I just actually sat for two years. I, I just had to kind of wait it out till that deal was done. It was a it was a 24-month production development deal. So what have you learned in staying independent uh, with Cinematic, like as opposed to working with major labels? Or major uh, television studios. I don't know. I don't know about the TV side yet, just because I'm I, like I, I don't. I don't even know about that yet. The, on the label side, I just don't want. Uh, like I remember, and I know Nip remembers this too. Is like we like Nipsey Hussle was fucking popping like w- without a radio record. Like whether we had a radio record or not, put the fucking album out. Let's get some money. Let's sell records. Like Nipsey makes a million dollars when he puts an album out. Now that's real money for me. That's real money. Now maybe for a label that has three hundred staff members across the world that's looking for a fucking Christina Aguilera, that's not good enough for them. But for what I do, 
and 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 how I want to do music, which is unforced and perfect and pure as it can be, that works for me. So so I don't like the majors because they'll be in there and this literally happened and they'll be like, oh yeah, well, you need a single with Snoop Dogg. Like you need a fucking record with this big producer. Go in with fucking whoever that doesn't even sound like what Nipsey was doing at the time. Same with Crit. Crit made fucking bangers that these motherfuckers wouldn't even push. Like LeBron James celebrating his first ring with Crit. I got this here on in the background, and you you're telling me that record won't work at radio. I don't want I don't want my fate in anybody else's hands or my artist's fate in anybody else's hands except mine. If Joey Badass is gonna fire me, God forbid, or pain or whoever the fuck I'm working with um I want it to be because I fucked up and I can go home and be like damn that was my bad I'm not I don't want my shit to be on anybody else's like thing I don't like that what kind of relationship do you have with Cameron I love Cam he's fucking funny as shit me and Cam man we just joke around we we honestly I don't (laughs) me and him just fuck around we just joke around all day when we do when we do speak and see each other he's the homie uh, I have nothing but good things to say about him. He's hysterical. I know you guys want him up on the show. We do. And, yeah. And <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll it, it will happen. Yeah. It will. Cam Every moves. time we see him, he's just like, anything you guys need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he, then it's very slow. <laughs> yeah, nah, but, but he moves to his own drum. You sure. know what I'm saying? And, and, and he, it's worked for him his whole career. Right. So, but yeah, Cam is hysterical. Yeah. I love working with him and whatever. whenever we do stuff, it's funny as fuck. Are you getting him into TV? Uh yeah, I mean he's he's Cameron, so he's doing his own stuff as well. But yeah, the 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 um the Comedy Central shit that we did last year, you know, uh, I put that with together. Uh, Larry Wilmore. Yeah, 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 yeah. I put that together. Um, we, we've talked about other television shows. He has this hysterical idea. I can't put it out there, but mm-hmm. something that I'm trying to work on with him that's really really fucking funny. Um, him is like a talk show host in a certain way. But yeah, I'm, I'm, we're working on it. We're going to see what happens, you know? Yeah. What did you do for Thanksgiving all those years when you didn't have, like, your, like, everyone, you know, around you uh, year to year? My family? Yeah. Uh, well, no. Okay, so I, I might make it seem worse than it is. So I don't have my dad in my life. I haven't since I was 14. My mom, I love her, but she's definitely, you know, off her rocker. And holidays there are insane. I could tell you a great story that you'll fucking love right now. This is a good example of what Thanksgiving is at my house. But basically, uh, I would go, sometimes I'd go to my mom. Sometimes I wouldn't. Because really, you know, if we're going to get deep, and I know it's a funny podcast, but it's depressing to go places that, that bring back certain memories. I don't have good childhood memories. My childhood was pretty fucked up. You know what I mean? I did what I had to to survive, whether it was in the bougie Hamptons or it was in New York City or whatever. It was definitely a survival thing for me. So most years I do go out there. This year was pretty disturbing because it was just like, usually we're dysfunctional. It's funny. This year was like really like, damn, like we're fucked up. Like, and I left there kind of upset. And I told my mom, like, I'm not coming back until you get your shit together with the whole family. I don't want to be in there full of like this type of animosity, but a great story that I do have about Thanksgiving two years ago. So my mom has this Spanish woman that 
um, helps to like cook and clean for Thanksgiving. And my mom invites all these random people over for Thanksgiving, like literally people I've never met before. I couldn't even tell you what the fuck their names are. Okay, <laughs> <Can> some, <she? laughs> maybe. Yeah. So, so we're sitting at the table, and my mom's like, "Okay, everybody." Now, now, first of all, my mom's a f- professional fundraiser. That's what she does for a living. Okay, so we sit at the table, and there's these flyers at the table. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? A flyer at the Thanksgiving dinner table? I look at it and it's like, Linda Shapiro, LBS Productions presents Christmas at whatever, like whatever the fuck. And I was like, mom, there's 12 people at this dinner table. Why are these out? Who are you promoting to? Like, you could have just told us about this. She's like, oh, stop it, Jonathan. So we sit down and it's me, my sister, my brother, Jesse. And then I have this other brother, Will, who's like a lawyer and like very like this, like very like, you know, oh, I'm very smart. Um, so, so we sit at the table and she's like, okay, let's go around the dinner table and tell everybody what we're thankful for. So, you know, it goes around and and I'm here and I'm like, oh, I'm thankful for blah, blah, blah. It goes to my brother, this one. Then it comes to the Spanish woman named Estella who doesn't speak a lick of English in real life. And I'm thinking we're going to skip over Estella. Or just say... How dare you? No. Or just Estella say... has things to say. Or, or just say, okay, Estella, happy Thanksgiving. Move on to whoever. <laughs> so we, I think the whole table was under that assumption except my mom. So it gets to Estella and Estella's like... Uh, no, habla uh, inglés. And my mom's like, no, 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 Estella. Uh, mouthing, uh, what are you... Thankful for for Thanksgiving, holding up like a chicken when Thanksgiving, happy, thankful. And Estella's like, Donde, uh, no, uh, me, me, Shapiro, no, uh, understand. And, 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 and at that point, my sister's really funny. She's like really like a spitting image of me, a little, my little sister, me and her like best friends. She's like, Mom, she doesn't fucking understand English. Stop. You're embarrassing her. She's like, okay, cut it out. Estella. What? Like going back and forth. And then my dumbass brother, the lawyer, Will, is like, oh, I got this. I got this. I guess he thought he spoke Spanish, and he's like, uh, eh, tu establo, eh, thanks a giving, and, and still she doesn't understand, and finally I had to, just had to be like, yo, stop, we're moving on, and this poor woman was like put on the spot by, there was a fucking uh, rabbi there with like a strumming guitar, he wasn't strumming at the table, but like, it was just a mind fuck, and I'm just like, it's Royal Tenenbaums type of shit. And yeah, that was a really good Thanksgiving We never story. found out what Estelle was thankful for. No, we never did. Can you tell us the... Uh, she gave me the eye like she wanted to fuck me at dinner, too. This year. <laughs> Estella. Yeah, and Is I found a vibrator a in her room. <laughs> she lives in my mom's house, yeah. Is she on a flight to Australia right now? No. <laughs> That's my baby girl. <laughs> what's the uh, What's the really good Ev Boogie Hampton story? Oh, man, there's so many. I really want to come sit in on his shit, but Please? I don't want to ruin it. Right, no, right, no, right, no, right. Everyone won't want that. But, <laughs> but not nah, because it'll turn into some whole other shit. But so, and Stretch so, Armstrong will just be there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, is Stretch coming with him yeah yeah i'm not coming to that but but um not in a bad way i'm just saying that's right, their time right, to right. shine so so me and ev love each other okay and and basically like you know we're, we're like brothers so we move into this guy named rest in peace his name was fucking i cannot oh michael Kanegan. he sounded like this because he smoked so many cigarettes okay ask evan about michael Kanegan. <laughs> He was an artist, okay? So we move in there, okay, for the summer. It's this in the is, Hamptons. Yes, it's in the Hamptons. This is when I'm running the star room. This is when Evan's running the door at the star room, okay? Wow. Yeah. And Ev can tell you what he did at the door. You should ask Evan 
about because I'm not going to put his business out there. Just be like, yo, Ev, tell us a story about the star room door and what went on. Just you ask him, okay? So anyway, so we're out there. Ev, mo- I said to Evan early on in the spring, I said, yo, you should come to the Hamptons with me. I'll get your job at the star room. It's all good. All right, let's do it. So we we move out there, okay? And we find this place that my mom was like, oh, you should go live with my friend Michael Kanegan. His father just passed away. He has a whole other side of the wing. The whole other side of the wing was like... This this area right here. So I move out there with fucking me, Evan, and this kid Jr. Who who I'm not really homies with anymore. He was just a dude around at that time or whatever. And uh, me and Evan get there the first day, and and Michael's like, "Hey guys, so I've been going through a really hard time because my dad just passed away. Do you think you could help me move all his shit out of the um out of the area you'll be sleeping in?" We're like, "What?" So we go to the area we're sleeping in, and it's all his dad's shit, okay? All of it from, from this rest in pieces dude. They both passed at this point. But this old man, he had an old TV, he had an old chair. He had this fucking thing that, like, when you're really old, I guess you, like, you can use it as, like, a, a arm so, like, I could, like, reach over there and grab the camera. Right, and, yeah, yeah. Did it have, me. like, a dinosaur head on it? No, it had just an arm. And what it became for the summer was the way you pass the doobie or the blunt. Oh, sure. As you, and I'm going to tell you how it became a weapon, and Evan almost blinded me. So, so... So we get there and we have to move all the shit into the basement and we're like, fuck, man. So from that point on and then we get to do our laundry and there's like a sign. They're like only one laundry load per week. What the fuck is this guy talking about? Like, there's three of us living here. What? So we started not liking him to begin with. So me and Ev. Yeah, thanks for letting us live here, asshole. Right, no, dickhead, you fuckface. Well, no, actually, he's, he's dead. So I'm sorry. Rest yeah, in no. peace. Sorry. So so me and Ev are back there. And it's. I'll just give you a culmination of all the stories and then how Evan stormed out of the Hamptons and went home. So... So we, 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 we like get home one night. I have like one of those big things of Swedish fish, like a, like two, like two, three hundred Swedish fish in a bag. And I'm like, yo, Ev, let's go throw all these motherfuckers in his pool. And Ev's like, yeah. So we go out there and shit. I actually think Scott Disick was fucking a girl on the pool. Estella. Not so, but but ask Evan because like, Scott was definitely either getting had or fucking some girl out on the pool, and we came out there with this big bag of of Swedish fish and just threw them all in his pool. And I'll never forget the next morning we wake up, he's like, "What the fuck is this, guys? Guys, what the fuck is going on here? There's fucking Swedish. Fish. There was like 300 Swedish fish. The pool cleaner had to come get them all out there. You would have been you, yeah. I was, but I wasn't gonna do it because at that point I was a big promoter. You know? Right, right, yeah. So everything had changed by then. Yeah. So then, like, a few weeks go by. Evan's getting more and more frustrated. You're seeing the deterioration of Ev come to fruition in the Hamptons. He's living on an air mattress mm. next to me. Okay, I have a girlfriend out there that I'm fucking right next to him. It's just probably just wearing down on his brain, right? Sure, yeah, yeah. So. For some reason, he got mad at me and like took the fucking blunt passer thing yeah. that was the, the guy's the reacher, yeah, the reacher, yeah. Jack and, reacher. and stabbed me in my eye. <laughs> what? It missed my eye, but it like fucking like, Ugh. oh god, like, you motherfucker! So like, we really weren't fucking with each other at that point. Just <laughs> for the, after he almost gassed yeah, your yeah, eye, yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that night, he was sleeping on an air mattress, and I took like a knife about this big, and while he was asleep, I was like. And the mattress just like deflated and Ev just like flew into the mattress and he's just like, he's like, what the fuck? What the fuck is going on? And like, he really got angry and he's like, you know what? You're mad disrespectful. I'm fucking out. And he packed all his shit and left that day. I didn't speak to Ev for like three months. I mean, 
That's a true story. You can ask him. Hundred percent true. I don't like how you, you when you when you mimed how big the knife was. It was huge. It was the only knife I could find, and I just like it's went like in there and stabbed it. Yeah. yeah. You guys are living in a tiny room. Tiny dude, like. Like literally the size, of, yeah, it was tiny. Of was, any of these bedrooms, yeah, oh, yeah, that's unbelievable. Well, no, I think it was like this whole area plus like maybe one bedroom. You spread out a little. No wonder yeah. Scott just wants to fuck the girl out by the pool. Yeah, you know? well, I yeah. think he didn't even live with us. I think that was just like a, yeah, that was just a random time. Like our house was like a party house, but the guy hated us, and it turned out crazy. Oh my god! So you've done, listen, you've you've done wonders for Sean Kingston's career. You've done wonders for for Big Crit and Joey Badass and. And smoked is a. You've you've certainly learned a lot and how to become a real manager. Yeah. What could you do with Hush now? <laughs> now I could blow him up. You know. <laughs> now I could blow Hush up. Come back home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, now I mean, uh, not that I don't miss because everybody misses, but I'm more calculated with how I do shit. And I just, yeah, I think I'm on my way to hopefully having like, you know, I, I don't want cinematic to be looked at as a Def Jam or, or, uh, uh, whatever other hip hop legacy labels, which I, res- I come from hip hop. I am hip hop just like you guys, you know, there's a yeah. lot of people that, that yeah. represent that culture, but because I love all different types of music, my goal is more to be an Interscope or a Columbia or something where, so that's why cinematic serious. Like that's my serious part. Mm-hmm. I want it. I want the artist to feel like they're getting exactly what they deserve out of a manager, like a Kevin Lyles or a Todd Moskowitz or coach K or whoever's doing really well with themselves and their mm-hmm. clients. Mm-hmm. And that's what cinematic is. And then, uh yeah everything else is just fuckery yeah i wouldn't worry about hush what's the what's the saying there's a million swedish fish in the pool thanks everyone for listening to this new episode of a waste of time with this is the real part of the 12 days of podcast leading into christmas 2016 jeff how we doing I think that we are doing as best as we can. We have not missed any days. As best as we can. <laughs> as best as we can because... Hashtag as best as we can. Yes. Uh, we, um, no, we, we, we haven't missed any days. Correct. And we only have now one left. Great attendance by It's The Real. Guys, if you want to find out more about us, more about this podcast, more about what Matt Mix is up to, Jeff, where can they go? You can always go to soundcloud.com slash a waste of time. You can also search for a waste of time with It's The Real on iTunes. We are on Twitter at It's The Real, Facebook at It's The Real, Instagram at It's The Real. But when it comes to Snapchat, somebody took It's The Real. Oh, man. And we're going to fuck them up. But for now, we are at It's It's The Real and It's The Real Eric. Yes. Come find us there. Also, you can find us at Matt Miggs with a Z on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Yes. Matt, you know that this podcast doesn't go anywhere unless we shout people out. Tell them to listen to this podcast. Tell them to go leave reviews and comments and the whole thing on iTunes. So... Matt, who would you like to tell about this little podcast thing of ours? Uh, I'd like to shout out A-Pop. A-Pop. A.K.A. Aaron O'Brien. Yes, Aaron yes. O'Brien. <laughs> and uh, once again, Twitter for uh, verifying me for no reason. Appreciate how, it. How great is that? Hey. Shout out to Twitter shout for that. Twitter. Do you know who did it? I applied like a herb. Um, <laughs> just to see if it would happen, and it did. And now it's <laughs> here. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So shout out to Twitter. Jeff, who do you want to shout out? I want to shout out RJ Haynes. <laughs> Shout out to RJ. I want to shout out Norris. Shout out to Norris. And I want to shout out our friend Luch, who supplied us with some Virgin Mega gear. Yeah, um, Luch literally got us. 
Yeah, so, uh, so shout out to all of them. Uh, Luch is our actual friend. The other two, you know, maybe, maybe one day we'll, we'll apply and yeah. we'll see if they respond in kind. Yeah. I would like to shout out a loyal listener, a loyal commenter. I mean, I'm talking about like every every time we put out a new episode, he's up in there telling us how we do. Jimmy Branley. Jimmy Branley. Jimmy Branley, who left a five star review entitled classic podcast on itunes i'm gonna read it right now he said listen y'all these guys easily the emphasis is his easily make the most fun rap podcast there isn't any competition the shea serrano mike posner and asher roth episodes are my favorites now where is our two chains podcast guys jeff tell the people where the two chains podcast is 2017 (laughs) guys we'll see you tomorrow a waste of time. A waste of time. A waste of time. That's the show. Oh. Yeah. I'm like, a waste of time. That's the show. Oh. Yeah. I'm like, a waste of time. No.